there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Seth. And I'm Zach. And we are the Classic Gaming Brothers. We are the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. That is who we wow. are. Yeah. That's, I'm glad you sounded very excited there. Yes, we are the Classic Gaming Brothers. The most classic. And the most classic. The most and brothers. This, and the most brothers. And this, this episode marks the 52nd episode. Yeah. Which, if you release an episode every week for 52 weeks, you will have reached one year of classic gaming and brothers. That's that's how it works. We did it. That's We did it. We did it. We've, we've released an episode every Sunday for an entire year. We're pretty excited about this, and we hope you are too. Uh, this This concludes the end of season one of Classic Gaming Brothers. Excellent. Well, well Seth, that is uh, great news for all of the fans of Classic Gaming Brothers out there because that means that there is a year's worth of podcasts that they can go through if they want to start from episode zero and get to episode 52. All over again. All over again. And they can pace themselves. They can take, let's say, one week for every episode and then it'll be another year when they finish. That's right. And you can listen to our new stuff as well. So yeah, uh, speaking that this is our one-year anniversary of Classic Gaming Brothers, uh, we decided to split this up a little bit and include some retrospective, Ooh. and we'll talk a little bit about uh, about the podcast. A little me- so this will be a little meta podcast, and then we will also, of course, include talk about a video game as well. Yeah. So. Buckle up, listeners. You're going to be on for a, a journey. Through through classic gaming history. Through classic gaming history and perhaps time. Ooh. Do, 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 do. If we planned this all right, like we could have done Journeyman for this 52nd episode. And it would have been so much more appropriate. It would have been appropriate. We should have, uh, we should have maybe, uh, maybe planned this in advance. But, you know, that's not what we do. <laughs> That's right. In case if you do want to listen to our Journeyman thoughts, you can go back to like episode... It's like three <laughs> or four. Three. You were right. I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah, and then ooh, we could do like a... That'd be great. We could do a clip show and just fill this with clips and then release it and call it a day. So as we like to start all of our podcasts... Uh, even retrospective anniversary podcasts, we'll start it off with, Zach, what have you been most recently been playing? Well, Seth, recently I have been playing uh, a little game that some people might remember, some people might not. It's called Team Fortress 2. Uh, and this is a multiplayer first-person shooter that was developed by our, our good friends over at Valve. It is a sequel to the 1996 Team Fortress mod for Quake, and it's 1999 remake called Team Fortress Classic. Team Fortress 2 was originally released in 2007 in October as part of what was called the Orange Box, which was this kind of uh, bundle of games that was released on Windows and Xbox 360. But if you were anybody, then you you got the Windows version. I I got the uh, PC version of Orange Box when Orange Box came out out in 2007 i ended up getting the games in the orange box separately so i got i think it was portal which was in the orange box first and then i got half-life 2 episodes 1 and 2 i already owned normal half-life 2 um so i got those separately and then i got team fortress 
last when it was free for a period of time. It's still free, but I spent a little bit of money when I first got the game. So I technically have an, a non-free copy of Team Fortress 2. So um, yeah, Team Fortress 2, it's a fun, it's a fun multiplayer first person shooter. It's, it's a, a team based first person shooter. So what happens is you are split into two teams, the red and the blue team. And blue is stylized as BLU. And you, you do a variety of different different kind of missions and stuff in a sense. So there's like command point. There is a capture the flag. There is um, push the cart. Um, a variety of different things like that. So uh, and you just kind of go back and forth. There's a team that's defending. There's a team that's attacking. Uh, usually the team that's defending has to hold a position. Usually the team that's attacking has to get that position as the game as the as that kind of implies um i stopped playing tf2 around the time overwatch came out because overwatch does a lot of the same things but it is far superior however some of my friends recently said hey zach want to play team fortress 2 again i said yes i do and so we started playing team fortress 2 again uh so yeah that's the game i've been playing um seth what about you it's a fun i i like before we tangent off before we go on to the game that i've been recently playing uh i think team fortress 2 is a I, I liked it a lot when it came out. I played a, like, I have some serious amount of hours into that game. But I think out of all of the Team Fortress 2 stuff that's out there, I think my favorite is the the movies that they made. Oh, yeah. The those are very fun. animated shorts. Yeah, those are very cute. I, 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 I like the animated shorts that they do for Overwatch as well. I just, I think I like the TF2 ones better. I just, they're just hilarious so i have been recently been playing a game that came out in 1993 and it is return of the phantom of the opera i think it actually uh, capstones me there because i also played recently played dragon sphere a uh, many episodes ago that was one of your first recently plays yes and i have been really enjoying the romp as it were through the undeniable classic that is a microprose game of return of the phantom of the opera and i'm not going to get too uh far into the description of how the game plays and all that it's a side-scrolling point-and-click adventure game that came out in 93 perhaps two brothers will talk about it in more detail soon so with that let's get on to talking about the podcast Um, yeah we've had uh, a year of highs and lows as everyone has so technically the i don't even know how this works but the first episode came out on december 1st of 2019 which makes sense i guess if this is coming out november 29th i guess that's just how like we release every sunday but we don't release like the same day every month so if we release the same number every month we would be coming out on like a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday some months. So right. a day shift. So it's, it's still a year. It's still technically a year. It's 52 weeks. It's just, and it's actually, and that, that it's actually, I think closer to our episode one date because episode zero was December 1st of 2019. Yes. Which feels like it was a decade ago. And episode one was released December 8th of 2019. And as much as I'm sure our audience wants us to go through every episode that we did and talk about every episode, we won't be doing that. No, I thought about that, but that was a bad idea. That is a very bad idea. It'd be very boring. No, episode zero, we did talk about our childhood memories, and it was, in fact, the only episode we recorded in person. That's right. That's right. That was pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. And I visited Seth, and uh, I sat in his office and at a table 
that he currently uses to paint miniatures and we talked about video games <laughs> that's right that's right a nice soft folding table in a very cramped office i think i think your dog was spending the time with us too that's possibly he is a very friendly dog so if, if you've been listening to this show and have thought that we have a studio in cambridge spoiler alert we don't yes uh for those who haven't caught on yet we we do make a lot of references to programs from national public radio and specifically we have co-opted <laughs> elements of the popular radio program car talk which is uh sadly no, no longer running new episodes as as one of the brothers passed and the other one is retired but um it's still on repeat they're on syndication here. yeah yeah they're in syndication here at least in i know it in um, boston public radio and a little bit of uh pulling back the uh the veil on the classic gaming brothers a little behind the scenes at the end of every episode of car talk the two brothers would say don't drive like my brother and don't drive like my brother so seth and i decided that would be a great way to do our podcast until we get a cease and desist from the estate of the car talk people so we're going for it <laughs> that's right it's, it's been a year yet we haven't gotten the season desist yet not yet but npr if you need a segment for your if you're listening to this podcast and you need a segment for your radio i mean we're, we're more than happy to talk that's right that's right i don't think we actually started that sign off until episode one yeah, I, think I, our... I would have to go back and listen, but I think that was what we decided to do after we recorded episode zero is when episode one rolled along, we were like, oh, let's let's do this. And we did that and it worked. And it has been our tagline ever since. And episode one, uh, we we did we talked about video game genres and that episode, along with episode two, which we talked about Mac, which is the Minnesota Education Computing Consortium and episode three, Journeyman, we recorded those three episodes differently than we recorded any other episode that's right um we did a lot of so our original podcast setup was that seth and i recorded via a tool that would capture both of our audio in discord and allow it would just give us one track and it, it made for a slightly easier editing however it wasn't great because what we realized was that we couldn't get kind of the precise editing that we later started doing so one thing that another kind of pull the veil off the podcast sort of thing that people might not realize is there's a lot of post process that goes into this these episodes um and it, it's pretty much just me um but uh wow. I, I, that's true <laughs> so uh seth and i actually do a recording method that is favored by some podcasters but it's it's considered the most difficult of the processes and what we do is we record two separate audio tracks completely independently we we go on a call with each other so we can keep up with each other but i have a track seth has a track i sync them in discord and then i do a lot of editing to them i do noise reduction i do equalization to get our levels balanced um which has taken me some time to kind of perfect i still need to get i still need to play with it every now and then um and then we also go through i go through a, a, a process of getting rid of certain spacing that so sometimes seth might take a little bit time to finish a sentence or i might you know stumble i might cough a couple of times and so what we'll do is we will we'll go through and we will uh, or rather i will eliminate those 
ums, those spaces, and some of the breathing and stuff. And I try to trim the episode down to a really concise little figure that we get. I then send it to Seth for a review, and he gives it a full listen, and then he sends it back to me, and then I make the final edit, and then it goes live. That's right, which which I which I handle the performance of all the deployments of the episodes and all the advertising associated with it. Most of the communications and marketing messaging throughout is driven mostly by me. So yeah, and that's kind of how we put the episode together. We try to, in our quest for a pleasant listening experience, but if you ever do catch any sort of weird noises, I mean, send us an email, let us know, because we, we're always looking to try and keep our ears open. Uh, I mean, there's only so much we can feasibly catch while still releasing episodes every week, which is quite the task. But we do, we do like to revel in the, the state of pod time where we may have anywhere from zero to three episodes already recorded. We have one of our episodes that's pre-recorded already, and it's just sitting there, (laughs) you know? It's like, and we actually have to be careful with our byweight passes and our recently plays to make sure we don't trip up on those. Yeah, and I think it's, um, we've kind of gotten into a cadence where we've gotten uh, a guest onto our show uh, every 10 episodes starting with episode 25 and I think it's been I think it's been fun and I think it's been fun finding those guests and getting those guests together and then kind of uh, doing an episode with those guests and we do not only have a guest for our 55th episode we also have a guest set for our 65th episode so it's it's kind of cool that we can do that and be able to work with other creators and bring someone else into the fold without necessarily breaking from what I would like to refer to as core content. Yeah, exactly. I think our our core content is is getting the listener an episode every week. And if we do something extra, like an interview specifically with somebody, then we'll try to either drop it in a, like a Wednesday. But if, if that person is coming along the show to do the show with us, then they can be part of our core content and be a guest episode. Yeah. If that makes sense. I, I don't know if there's what, what sense that I have. Before we get into kind of our memories and I mean, I guess we've already been doing our memories of the podcast yeah. a little bit, but... Um, Zach did have a, a correction. I, I did. And and this is something that maybe we can consider doing as a regular thing. So if individuals listen to our podcasts and notice something that we say that's inaccurate, I highly recommend that you reach out to us. Um, that will count as getting in touch with us. So you'll be eligible to be entered into a chance to win a free game. So um, feel free to send us corrections. And maybe every once in a while, we'll do one of these little like correction segments um, where we'll point out something. Um, so this is a correction actually to the last episode. So in the last episode, I was talking about how I was playing Fallout 4 and I said it was the fourth game in the Fallout series and our our good friend Doug reached out to us and he he gently reminded me that no Zach Fallout 4 is not the fourth game in the Fallout series it is the fourth numbered game in the Fallout series which is I think what I was trying to imply but I'm going to take Doug's correction I'm going to make sure that I make note of it so Doug wanted us to remember that the original Fallout came out 97 and he has a expletive toward the game wasteland Uh, and then uh the second fallout came out in 1998 then there was fallout tactics which came out in 2001 fallout brotherhood of steel which doug notes was a terrible game that came out in 2004 
Fallout 3 in 2008 and Fallout New Vegas in 2010. And then Fallout 4 came out. And uh, and now they just dropped doing that kind of numbering altogether. It's Fallout 76, which doesn't mean it's the 76th game in the series. <laughs> it feels like it, though. But I feel like Fallout 76 is vastly different than what a traditional Fallout game is. So I feel like they could still release a Fallout 5. And th- yeah, the, and eventually they probably will release a Fallout 5. Eventually. Or a Fallout, a Fallout New Vegas 2. That would be, I think, what people prefer. Uh, well, it can happen now since Microsoft owns both Bethesda and Obsidian. Yes, which would be... I would love uh, New Vegas too. I love New Vegas. But yeah, no, we do need to eventually get into the Fallout series in terms of doing an episode. So I want to thank Doug for issuing that correction. Uh, I don't want to lead anyone astray. So Fallout 4 is the fourth game in the numbered series. If you go Fallout, Fallout 2, Fallout 3, Fallout 4... But it's not the fourth game in the Fallout overall series. It is actually the seventh game in the in the overall series. So right, and was it, no was wasn't there a Van Buren game too? It was canceled. That was canceled. That was going to be Fallout. That was going to be Van Buren was going to be Fallout Three. Yes, by Obsidian. By Obsidian. But the whole thing with Bethesda and stuff came in, and they had to cancel that project. And then I think they're going to try to do like a spinoff called Van Buren, and then that continued to get canceled. Again, we'll do a Fallout episode eventually, and Doug, you sent us a correction on, on that too, if you want. And we like to be... Uh, I When Doug sent us the correction, we responded back. We appreciate the correction, and we, we will issue corrections if they... If A, we are told to issue a correction, or B, we believe that we have led our listeners astray and feel bad if a and b do not apply then we just assume c that you our listener just understands that sometimes we're just idiots i i also um seth probably has this problem too but i i've been told that i have a problem with sounding confident about things um in the sense that people have told me that i can openly lie to them and they'll believe me (laughs) so Um, But it's just because I say it with such conviction. So uh, definitely, if I'm saying something wrong, let me know. (laughs) Because I I might legitimately just be lying to myself and believing it thoroughly. That's true. It's true. We we are, if anything, we are at least subject matter experts on not being subject matter experts. The fun thing about this podcast, I think, that is that we rely heavily on our incomplete memories, right? I, I think that's what one of our main points is is that we're we're kind of a nostalgia pod right so our part of our shtick as it were is that we are called the classic gaming brothers and we with that name you're going to assume we're going to talk about classic games and nostalgia and memories so now we have a year of episodes that was recorded in 2020 the year that sounded it felt like it was 10 years. I know. So now we have nostalgia on classic gaming brother stuff. Exactly. So it's like a 10 year cycle, but it only happened in a year. It's true. It felt like 10 years though. So do you, what, 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 what's some good memories right off the bat that you really enjoyed? Well, I think I had fun with, um, of course our PAX episode. So our PAX episode happened right before all the COVID stuff happened. It was one of the last big events that I went to. Um, and Seth and I got to go to PAX. Uh, it was my first time going to PAX. Seth had been multiple times, but it was the kind of the, 
I think especially for me, and I assume for Seth, it was kind of the first time that I had been to a convention like PAX in more of a professional kind of setting. So, I mean, I've gone to conventions, not necessarily PAX, but other conventions in the past as a fan and as someone who kind of just enjoys going to things and talking to people. But this is the first time I've ever gone to a convention to sell my product, <laughs> to uh, to sell something, you know. And, and in a way, I was selling something. I was trying to sell our podcast. And, you know, we, we, we spent the convention having a good time, but we also spent the convention trying to do outreach. And I think that was the it was a really good experience for me. It was also just a fun time to have. It was good, a good experience to, to have with my brother. It was a lot of fun. And we ended up getting like free stuff, which was great. Yeah, we got we got some free stuff out of it. We um, got to meet some great people that we have a good, I think, relationship with in terms of communication. You know, we have we have um, we made some new friends. You know, it's all it's all different. Uh, it's it's it was a fun time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I I really enjoyed. So I've I've gone to PAX as Zach said a couple of times. So I've been I've gone. I think that time that I went with Zach was my sixth year going. And it was definitely decidedly different going and going with Zach. I felt like I was working, but also having fun promoting yeah. a product that I'm I'm very happy with and proud of. And and also Zachary is a, a Bostonian, which yes. is where PAX happens. So then he knows where all the good stuff is. So Zach may have only gone to one night of PAX or one day of PAX. But he did meet up with us to get dinner and go to the arcade. This was obviously all before COVID, or well, right yeah. before oh, yeah. COVID. Yeah, no became, one was wearing like, masks. There was bars. Nobody, yeah, it was. We went to a arcade bar and had a lot of fun, and it was just a great uh, weekend overall. And I'm looking forward to uh, doing that again um, when things become normal ish again whenever that might be having this podcast has allowed us to reach out and meet and talk with people as i mentioned we had we've had guests on the show um starting with our father which was uh, a joy um i think having our dad on a show and being able to talk to him for an hour about whatever we wanted to was a unique experience that i'm glad that we have uh recorded yes yeah. uh, i'm very glad that that's kind of stacked into the annals of history and that we have this digital record of our conversation with our father and having Damien follow up with that was excellent because our father is our still our dad at the end of the day um so he's not going to be especially critical Damien however e- even though he's he's been a very long friend of mine he has also he found the podcast just through social media or what have you and started listening to it and he fell in love with it and uh we're glad to have him as a listener as we are glad to have all of you as a listener and he was really excited about having us do a sierra episode and to be honest our sierra experience would was probably more he was going to be our resource for it and yeah. so that's that's why he well one of the reasons why we brought Damien on and i thought that was it was a great experience coordinating it helped us be able to kind of practice coordinating and kind of getting into our guest style of being able to run the show the way we like to incorporate the guest um so if you like listen to episode 25 and you listen to episode 35 uh they'll they're different in the way the format is set up but if you listen to episode 35 and you listen to episode 45 they're very similar yes i think that's because damien damien really helped us 
kind of establish how we were going to go with forward with guests. And I think I like how he helped us. And I mean, send us emails if you don't. But I, I thought it was a pretty good styling. And that leads us to where um, we we then had Mike on. And where Dad and Damien we were familiar with. Mike, we weren't really familiar with. <laughs> Um, especially Zach, I, I personally had a few exchanges with him prior to the podcast, but he agreed to come on the podcast with very little pre-knowledge of yeah. us as people. And, um, him coming onto our show has really, uh, allowed us to connect with another creator, uh, who, uh, we really enjoy. We just think he's, he's a blast. And yeah. Mike, if you're listening to this episode, I know you said that you, you do try to listen. So if you, if you are listening once again, I think we've thanked you a few times. Uh, we just want to thank you again. And we appreciate the partnership and collaboration that you've um, brought to the show as it were. And the set, the same could be said for our future guests as well. Um, I won't spoil anything. Right. Right. As we don't like to do that usually. We don't like spoilers, um, except when we, we definitely give spoilers away. We yeah, especially when we give spoilers away. But all all three of the guests that we've had on the show have been a joy. Yeah, absolutely. No, they've they've all been great. It's all been a different kind of experience, you know, and like Seth was saying, you know, the interview with our dad is different than Damien, Damien's different than Mike, and Mike is different than Dad. So it's it's a great kind of variety of guests, and our future guests will be different, obviously, too. So it's gonna be a fun it's gonna be fun going forward. And we've also been on other podcasts. Yes, we have. We were on. Uh, we were on uh, Consume Culture, um, and uh, yeah, th- that was a great time. And uh, I believe we have some other plans to uh, do some further outreach of that nature as well. Yes, um, and I don't think it's a spoiler because it's their podcast. It's not us spoiling our own podcast, so we can spoil other people's podcasts. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, there is a podcast that's called Dads with Nerdy Ambitions, and you can find them um, through Spotify and what have you. Yeah, they're a brand new podcast. And we've ended up connecting and um, they're going to have us on their show. Yeah, so absolutely. They're more like dads that still appreciate the nerd culture, even with the mantle of fatherhood. Yeah, yeah. Something that neither Seth nor myself are familiar with. But Right. Yeah, we're, 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 we're just free I mean, Seth, agents. Seth has, Seth, has, Seth has pets and I have a pet rock somewhere. But yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, you... I, I mean, you do live in Boston, so you have like one bedroom and that's it. But so we're excited about um, b- being on the DNA podcast. So dads with nerdy emissions. I think that's a pretty, they're, they're much better at uh, branding than we are. But <laughs> so look forward to, we'll, we'll uh, of course post the episode uh, when we uh, are on that episode. Yes. Uh, yeah. And so you can listen to us as a guest spot. And if you also, if you have a podcast and you listen to podcasts and you need guests to be on your podcast, Zach and I, uh, we do travel. So, and by travel, I mean, we will uh, sit comfortably from our house and speak into a mic. I love being on other people's podcasts because it means I don't have to edit the episode. It's a very nice feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the feeling I get for every episode we do. Yeah, uh, I know. But yeah, there's a couple other episodes that I, I really like doing. I like doing the Chex Quest episode. Uh, Chex Quest is one of my favorite video games, so it's great talking about that. I had a lot of fun doing the SSI episode. You know, that was good to have those memories. Um, I think the thing with SSI was I didn't remember a lot of it when we were going into doing the episode, but as we were doing the episode, a lot of memories flooded back for me, and that was a good experience. Um, you know, so, an elf comes to Harakir. An elf comes to Harakir. <laughs> In 
interesting. Interesting. So stuff like that. It was it was like tiny things too, where like Seth and I were coming up with the notes, and as we come up with the notes, we would remember something about one of the games that we were talking about, and we're like, oh yeah, that thing happens in this game. Let's make sure we mention that, you know, sort of thing. And it's it's great. And it, yeah, it's, it also inspires me sometimes to revisit titles that I wouldn't normally go back and visit them if I was not doing an episode about them so I like would go back and maybe I'll play like an hour or two or or I'll get into the game and play eight or nine hours of it but it'll having part of doing this podcast allows me to talk about games that I've always felt that I'm passionate about and it reminds me of that passion and and allows me to go back and revisit that game maybe I haven't played the game in 10 years and I, I boot it up and maybe I'm like, oh, this is bad. I don't know why, <laughs> whatever, 10 years ago, Seth loved it, but <laughs> this is wicked bad. Yeah, there's a lot of games like that for me. There's always like an episode that I, I really like and uh, it's it sadly doesn't get as many downloads. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think our Chex Quest is actually one of our, our lower download episodes. It is, but, yeah. So if you haven't listened to Chex Quest, that's a good episode. It's my fa- one of my favorite. I, I like after we did that episode, I immediately streamed me playing through all three games on <laughs> on Twitch. I know the cereal box episode also underperformed, and that's just you know maybe you guys just aren't interested in listening to cereal boxes. Maybe you decided you weren't interested in listening to cereal boxes, but now after hearing us talk about how awesome those episodes are you're going to spin right around and go download them. That's right. So, that's right. So we do still want to talk about a game in this episode, and I know we've been kind of going on a little bit with our banter, which we've been told is the best part of our episode. So enjoy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but let's, uh, let's talk about the future. So we're at a year in, right? So season, I would say this is season one of Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. Just these 52 episodes that are in the, the rear view, as it were. Yes, I understand. And we understand that there are other episodes beyond the 52, but the 52 is what we believe is Classic Gaming these Brothers. These are the canon. core episodes. The canon That's right. Episodes. The canon episodes. Corn canon. The corn canon. Um, the corn canon. <laughs> the corn canon. What corn cannon? No, that's, that's what great. The corn cannon. That's what it sounds the like. Cor- the, the corn, the cannon. The corn on the cannon. <laughs> corn on the cannon. Hey, we're close to Thanksgiving, but we'll be after Thanksgiving when the episode comes out. Uh, so the future. What's the future going to look like? Uh, Zach's is more classic, more gaming. Same brothers. Uh, we we did joke that we wanted to switch the brothers up. But <laughs> we reached out to the the infamous brothers, and uh, they they were not available. Um, just the infamous ones the famous brothers though <laughs> they said get out of here so we do have some ideas for some additional sub series in case you are new to the episode and you're picking our anniversary episode as the first episode to listen to uh, a sub series is when zach and i do additional episodes that we release during the middle of the week uh, arbitrarily that's right so that there's uh there's no rhyme or reason um we do have an idea for a sub series that may be a monthly sub series where we'll we'll do a commitment to release an episode every month and maybe a bi-weekly series so we, we do want to expand a little bit zach w- wanted to also work on uh doing some youtube content which i assume yeah. is like uh he wants to use his film degree and not just edit sound yeah that'd be um, nice. but also edit uh video so there's that so we, we may work on some doing some additional stuff for our youtube which has been neglected with 100 percent my fault but well it means both of uh, it, yeah it's both of us i mean the the thing is when you're focused on when you're focused on the podcast 
it's like it's like our twitch i mean we have a twitch we we use our twitch but we don't keep a schedule because we are focused on this podcast and making sure this content goes out on a regular basis and to be honest seth and i also have we're we're full-time employees at two different places this podcast isn't our full-time job not saying we not not saying it's our full-time expense So it's it's more of like a matter of resources and time, you know. It, we we want to we want to promise you all that we were going to we are going to expand our content, but we also have to be realistic in the sense that you know we are only two people, <laughs> we're a crew of two. You know, there's no secret yeah. editors, there's no secret producers, there's no writers. It's just the two of us. So you know, we will always get you an episode on Sunday, you know, barring an emergency or something like that that could spring up. Whether or not we get you midweek content, that's just the pl- that's just a bonus. So that's right. Everything else that CGB does is a bonus. But uh, going into this next year, I do want to I, I do want to try to expand on our YouTube channel, and I do want to at least try to push more indie dev lounge episodes. We only have two of those, and, and I think people them, forget that they exist. And neither of them are. They're both just us talking about indie games, not necessarily interviewing developers which is i think part of what the indie dev lounge you have you have to go to a lounge to hang out with somebody not just have us talk at you in a different format so we we hope to do more indie dev lounges we have a couple of indie developers out there who um, are willing to talk to us so we, we're gonna try to schedule with them and hopefully get something out and uh and overall just try to expand this brand into something that's more than just the podcast more than just cgb so we'll we'll see what we can come up with in the in the in the coming future um, but I will say, keep an eye out. And of course, uh, you, you'll, you, you all will be the first to know. And rest assured, the core content's not going to go away anytime soon. Uh, so speaking of our core content, we should probably get into our game. Yeah, yeah, we have a, we have a game to talk about today. We do have a game because we did promise that this was going to be a two-part episode. And it's not going to be two parts of us talking about our podcast. It's going to be two parts of us talking about two games that are very important to us. And the first game is Dragon Sphere. Not to be confused with Dragon Spear. Spear. The Siege of Dragon Spear, which was the Baldur's Gate ad- add-on that came out recently. This is Dragon Sphere like a circle yes now zach do you want to take it away from the history of dragon sphere so dragon sphere was released in 1994 and it was developed and published by one of the great developers of the 1990s microprose now when seth uh was talking earlier about why we had damien on the show and, and we were saying that you know damien was kind of the, the uh, damien's the expert on sierra and seth and i both had kind of a kind of a lacking of sierra knowledge due to just not having that experience it growing up that's because seth and i were into microprose games we weren't into sierra games there were two camps you or what well there's a few camps but you either played lucas arts games sierra games or you were lucky and you played microprose games uh so we played microprose games microprose made two other graphical adventure games uh prior to dragon sphere rex nebular and return of the phantom Dragosphere was released for MS-DOS and was created using Microprose's in-house adventure development system that had a 256 color graphics palette. Um, it was, Ooh. yeah, it was, it's a beautiful game. I mean, this game looks fantastic when you're playing it. Yeah, in fact, it, it holds up for today's 
like eyes you can play i I'm, I'm playing return of the phantom now and i don't feel like it's graphically it's not so outdated graphics that i can't look at it kind of yeah thing. the 256 color graphic palette that was developed for things like dragon sphere return of the phantom and stuff with Microprose. i mean other games obviously use that too and that kind of became the standard for adventure games so um, if anyone has played the more recent game timbleweed park you're familiar with a 256 color graphic palette I'm fairly certain that game uses that as well. If not, it uses a very stylized graphical system that's inspired by the 256 color graphic palette. Dragon Sphere came out on a three and a quarter inch floppy disk. Um, not exactly a floppy floppy disk, but the smaller, more compact floppy disks that were prevalent in the 90s. And a superior version came out on CD-ROM that has a voice acting, which some reviewers said was bad. Seth and I disagree. We love the voice acting in Dragon Sphere. It is very funny, and that's why we love the voice acting in Dragon Sphere. <laughs> it's good. And it's not just like partly voice act. Like you have role-playing games that come out today. I mean, I understand there are like millions of pages of dialogue or whatever. Dragon Sphere came out in 1994 and is 100% fully voice acted. It's gorgeous. I love it. The music in Dragon Sphere is done using a, a MIDI score. It's also very, very good. I highly recommend if you haven't played Dragon Sphere, just listen to the music. It is it is fantastic music. So Dragon Sphere system, the adventure development system that was created in-house by Microprose, harkened back to a, a text-based parser system. The user interface for the game on the bottom left panel has the actions that you can do on the left, an inventory in the center, and then actions for the objects that you select on the right. And the, the rest of the scene for your character is is the remaining portion of the screen. Now, um, the character in the game moves about the scene by clicking on the location or object that you want to interact with. So if you want to go look at a book on a bookcase, or if you want to go look over at the well, you click on the well and your character will walk over to it yeah you can also click on the blank spaces too yeah exactly and when you want to change the screen you bring your mouse over to the edge of the screen and the mouse will change to a go with an arrow and that will allow the shifting of the scene into the next screen dragon sphere in our opinion uh, this originally said in my opinion because seth was writing the notes but i want to make note that it's my opinion as well it's a much more challenging game than phantom in phantom the puzzles primarily start really kicking up towards the end of the game while in dragon sphere there are puzzles throughout the game <laughs> so that's true um it's, it's a little bit more challenging i say phantom's more of like it's more of like a drama up until the very end when it starts getting turning into a puzzle yeah yeah, I would agree with that, and I would I would say that we're gonna get into a spoiler of our next episode. But I feel like Phantom is better written than Dragon Sphere. It is, it is, it is far better written uh, to the point where I've definitely I haven't finished Dragon Sphere, but I played through portions of it. I've watched you play through it. I've I've definitely seen a lot of it, and I still don't remember anything about that game. I remember Phantom. <laughs> I'm gonna go over the game with you, everybody here. So that's that's gonna happen though before i get into that i learned when playing return and it would be the same thing with dragon sphere that if you right click on the action you can change what you're so left click you would click like so if you left click you could click on your action and then left click on something and then you can like look click on look and then you can look at that thing and if you right click you would go to a default like look i learned that you can change what your default is oh that's recently. exciting like that as of the recording, I learned how to do that. Oh, you're always learning something and new. The, and the game is almost 30 years old. <laughs> so, like I said, the game is almost 30 years old. So, it came out in 
94, so that puts it at 26 as of 2020. It is younger than me. It is younger than you, but it I am older than it, being that I played it when it very shortly after it came out. Did I do my math right, 26? Yeah, because I'm 27. I was born in 93. That's right, because I played it when I was like, yeah, young. So being that the game is almost 30 years old, we are going to do a little spoiler in this section here so if you really don't want the spoiler you can pause the episode you can spend five hours playing dragon sphere and then you can resume it uh if you don't care about the spoiler uh it doesn't ruin the game experience it does there is a twist though so i'm gonna explain that so tuck in for story time with classic gaming brother seth as i set you back into the world of dragon sphere in dragon sphere you play as king kalish who runs the kingdom of Grand Kalahash. And in the beginning of the game, you are awoken by your wife named Fiona. And you are told that you need to wake up as it is time to fight the sorcerer. Eventually, you get up and you wander around the castle. This can involve you going into your wife's room and reading her private journals, talking to a scullery maid in the banquet hall. Eventually, you make your you make your way to the throne room and you meet your brother McMorn, who is just he's kind of a jerk, and he essentially talks about how he's going to be sitting on the throne one day, implying that you'll die from the sorcerer, and he then just kind of walks off. And then you meet up with your wife and your mother, who is the queen mother. And as you are the king, she is the queen mother. And they equipped you with a magical sword and a magical ball. And you go off to fight the sorcerer. Now, in order to fight the sorcerer, you have to collect these power stones from these different races, nationalities that live in other sections of the maps. And there's there's essentially five main locations that you can travel to. Uh, the kingdom, which is where you start. Uh, the land of the fairies. The desert, where the Sophus Ecliptus live. Uh, the creepy jungle, where the shifters live. And the sorcerer's tower. So you have to do puzzles for each of these populations in order to get your power stone from them and you get a shifter stone so you get two power stones and then you get a shifter stone from the shifters the each of these races are unique but typical so like the fairies represent fey folk and they act like typical fey folk where they like to pull pranks and be contrary and, and all of that the sophist ecliptus represent a desert dwelling race who are isolationists and that's how they act. And they have a, a caliph who is very much like the sultan from Aladdin or like any traditionally storied sultan who loves to like gamble and just have a good time. And then the shifters, they're just weird. They're able to shift into like plants and all sorts of things. And then they apparently like to stay stuck as some of them like they become a rock and then they like to live as a rock and so you go into their shifter jungle and there's like eyes stucking out of rocks and trees so you eventually get your two power stones the third power stone being in the sorcerer's tower and your shifter stone and you go off and you go to the sorcerer's tower and you meet uh liani d summers who is hanging out near the sorcerer's tower and is a, a is a duchess who definitely has the hots for your character the king and you also meet nerb tom 
who is like a Merlin figure. Nice. And he's hiding out in the cave at the bottom of the tower being a hermit and not telling you that he's Nerm Tom the wizard, but he's just a hermit. Um, you eventually climb up the tower and make your way to the sorcerer's tower after you kill this crazy creature that Lainey gets in the way and she falls and gets injured and blah, blah, blah. You end up entering the tower and you fight San Wei, who is the main evil sorcerer. But during the fight, here's the spoiler, you find out you are in fact not King Kellish, but you're, na- you're a shifter named Pid Shuffle. Bum, bum, bum. And that's when like the second phase of Dragon Sphere begins. And when the story, I feel like, gets to be where it it gets really kind of gets more like it gets to be interesting enough to continue playing. Like it's like, oh, that's a twist. And you were sent by the Queen Mother uh, to go die to protect the real Kalish that you are shifted as um, who's frozen in the tunnels of the castle. And Fiona, the the queen, King Kalish's wife, who was okay with sending off the shifter to begin with, ended up getting um, regrets and eventually gets thrown into a dungeon. So you, as Pid Shuffle, have to venture back around to all the different locations that you had gone to as King Kalish, but now you go as Pid Shuffle, and you get different quest objects, and you eventually save uh, Liani's wife, life, because she is injured from falling from fighting that creature. You uh, also then rescue the king who is frozen. You let the, also you let the king know once you rescue him that Fiona, his wife, is in prison. Uh, you end up killing McMorn and you end up getting the queen mother arrested <laughs> because the queen mother is like ready to take over the fight the king because she still wants to be queen and after watching McMorn die and she has control over all the guards and then late Lainey shows up at the last minute and with her troops and fights the, there's no real fight it just ends the game that's where the game ends <laughs> um, with the king and queen back on their throne Pid your Pid Shuffle ends up falling in love and I believe marrying Liani, uh the duchess I'm proud of so him. he becomes like a he Pid becomes Pid Duke like a Duke Duke, Duke Shuffle, Shuffle. And King Kalish goes out and like continues being a king on his throne with his with his wife, who at one point in time was complicit to murder. <laughs> you know, it happens. <laughs> or at least attempted then. murder. And uh, I though I always like that this entire story you play is King Kalish, and the objective was for King Kalish not to die and to not be endangered by the sorcerer. And at the end of the day, he doesn't, and he doesn't end up doing much. <laughs> and that is Dragon Sphere in a nutshell. Uh, again, it's a game I've never actually played to completion, but I'm going to I'm going to actually do that now that uh I've been thinking I about it. I ruined it for you? Now that you ruined it for me, now I have to play it. Cuz you want to be Pid Shuffle. So, with that, uh, that's going to be our our anniversary episode. Uh that's going to be our part 1 of our not part 1 of our Dragon Sphere episode. I I pretty much just told you the entirety of the Dragon Sphere game. It's a fun game, so else. go pick it up. Yeah. Um we but we were going to try to include details about like how it did and stuff like that. And that stuff is not out there. It's, it wasn't, you know, I assume it did decently though. Um, this is Microprose. Microprose was a big name back then. You can pick up Dragon Sphere, however, on Steam and on GOG, good old games. Um, I believe right now, as of this episode release, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Seth, but is it on sale? <laughs> yes. Um, so right now it's it is on sale. For 
one dollar. You can get the Retro Adventure Collection for five dollars. Well, Seth, I think uh, I think people should know that they should be able to buy this game um, and enjoy it. Yeah, but if you're listening to this episode past December first, it will probably be its price of six ninety nine. I believe it's four ninety nine on GOG. Um, GOG may also be running an autumn sale. It's a pretty cheap game, and you'll get like. Six to eight hours out of it. So with, with that, let's get into our byweight pass. Seth, what have you? What are, what is your byweight pass? Uh, so my byweight pass is a game called The Unfinished Swan, which is by the creators Giant Sparrow, who also created What Remains of Edith Finch, which is also a great game. Well, is it is a great game. I don't know if Unfinished Swan Swan is a great game. I haven't played it. But you enter the hidden kingdom of in the Unfinished Swan. You enter this hidden kingdom and. In order to reveal the world, you have to splatter paint. And it's a very, like, stylized where, like, it's, it's like, very white and there's, like, the objects are, like, black and you have to, like, splatter paint on stuff. It looks like it's a, it's a, it's a, what looks to be a, a adventure puzzle game. And it looks a lot of fun. It came out recently, September 10th of 2020. And I, it, the Steam Autumn Sale is going on right now as, as a recording. So I may pick it up by the end of the Steam Autumn Sale. Though it is also holiday time where I spend a lot of money buying presents for people so I also don't have a lot of money to buy games willy-nilly so I'm gonna put it down as a wait it looks fun I put it on my wish list so Zach what are you excited about buying waiting or passing on my by way pass is a game called Comet 64 it's developed by Anur Ayas and published by What Sorceress This Comet 64 is a programming puzzle game the year is 1984 and all you got is your Comet 64 home computer and the operator's manual that came with it. That's the game. So you are you are solving puzzles by means of programming in this in this old computer using an archaic programming language. The planned release date is coming soon, so I don't know when it's going to come out. But it looks very cool. I like the game's uh, aesthetic. It kind of looks like an old monochrome monitor that you would have seen with a computer from the 1980s. As some people might know, including my brother, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the 1980s home computer market. Um, specifically, I, I actually own a Commodore VIC-20 and an Apple II, and this is obviously being inspired by the Commodore 64, which was a computer from the 1980s. Um, I love doing little programming experiments on these computers, so uh, I kind of like the idea of experimenting with a what is essentially a brand new retro computer and, and getting to learn how to use it for the first time. An experience that I never personally have because I, I, I did not grow up in the 1980s with the home computer market. I'm experiencing it from a kind of a later viewpoint. But uh, yeah, this is probably going to be a buy for me, uh, but at this time it's uh, currently not doesn't have a price and it's not um it doesn't have a specified release date so uh i'm gonna keep an eye out for it i put it on my wish list and uh maybe when we pick it up we'll do some uh, streaming of it excellent day i am excited for that um so that's it <laughs> did, did i sound did i sound excited oh well can't always make promises like that so with that uh, i think this is gonna be it's, it's funny i think that after our, our cta and but after our edits we might actually come in at a normal episode length probably <laughs> so that's gonna be our anniversary episode also dragon sphere which we may have not announced in the title so it might have been a surprise uh so with that let's get into how people can contact us support us and listen to us. 
Let's get into Zach, it. Zach, would you like to yes. explain how people can contact us, listen to us, and support us? Seth, I'll do exactly that. I will explain how people can contact us, listen to us, and support us. Correct. Yeah, sure. So if you want to contact us, there's plenty of ways you can contact us. First thing you can do is you can send us an email. You can send us an email to classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com, or you can send us an email at classicgamingbrothers at classicgamingbrothers.com. Both go to the same email inbox, and guess what? Both of them will be read by Seth, or maybe me, most likely Seth. You can go to our website, ClassicGamingBrothers.com. You can go to the contact form there. You can put it in your name, email address, and your message, and it will go directly to us as well. That goes right to our email inbox, so we'll be sure to take a look at it there. It's just a simpler way of sending us an email without actually opening your email account. Any email that gets sent to us will be automatically entered. In, that's not from a spam person. Any email that gets sent to us in terms of uh, someone commenting or having a comment or criticism or in- information about the website um, will be automatically sorted into our um, name drawing for a free game. And I think we actually we do have a name to pull for. Well, we have names. Name we have multiple we names. Have names. We just haven't done the giveaway poll, wow. and I just remember that we, we do, have to, do have to do the giveaway poll. We do have to do the giveaway poll, so we'll do the giveaway poll. Can you um, uh, make some uh, make some noise while I reach into my hat here and pull out a name from all of these multiple? I was gonna say delectable name, but that just sounded weird. That sounds that sounds like we're eating um, people. Like uh, the Donner Party, now brought to you by Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> and our lucky winner is brandon 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 we will be in contact with you to get you your free game so thanks for sending in some feedback we always appreciate it and actually because of brandon we'll be bringing in some special content just for brandon in a few episodes yeah it's uh it's an episode coming up we have uh we're doing it's a very exciting we're doing yeah so that's how to contact us we in that in that and brandon congratulations right there if you want to enter into the giveaway and win a free game just send us an email at the email addresses i gave classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com or classicgamingbrothers at classicgamingbrothers.com or on our contact form page on our website classicgamingbrothers.com now if you want to listen to us uh the good news is that we are available on virtually every podcasting application out there known to man um i'm pretty sure there's not a podcasting application out there and the only reason i say i'm pretty sure there isn't is because i actually don't know that many and all the ones i do know we're on so that works uh, but yeah we're on we're on everything we're on uh we're on amazon we're on pandora we're on uh audible not audible we're on Amazon, we're on Pandora, we're on uh, Apple, we're on uh, Google, everything you could think of. In fact, if you have an Amazon device, you can say, Alexa, play Classic Gaming Brothers podcast. Getting Classic Gaming Brothers from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode, CGB, episode 51, Freedom Force. So if you have a if you have an Amazon device, you can do just that, and that's a fun little thing to do. I think you can do it with your Google, to too. Yeah, I, I assume so. I just don't have a Google thing, so I can't do the joke. <laughs> um... I mean, you could probably do it with, like, the deep blue computer at IBM, but, like, you know, <laughs> or uh, or Siri. <laughs> that one's more recognizable. So, yeah, uh, we are available on pretty much all the podcasting applications out there. If there's a podcasting application we're not on, maybe that's a brand new one that we've never heard of, let us know. We'll try to get on it as best as we can. In regards to supporting us, there's plenty of ways to support us. Um, first thing you can do is you can actually support us by following us on all of our social medias. That's another great way to contact us as well. We are 
available on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we have Twitch and a YouTube channel. So our Facebook and Instagram are both Classic Gaming Brothers. Our Twitter is CG Brothers Pod. We have Twitch, that's uh, twitch.tv forward slash Classic Gaming Brothers. We have My View, which is twitch.tv forward slash VS, V as in Victor, S as in Samuel, Classic Gaming Brothers. And our YouTube channel is Classic Gaming Brothers. So... Uh, if you follow us on all those different mediums, that's a great way to support us. We'd love to see you there. Um, Seth and I stream every now and then, so if you want to watch us play some video games and be real bad at it, that's a great way to uh, experience you know, us put our, put our money where our mouth is. And uh, yeah, and another way you could support us, speaking of putting your money where your mouth is, is you can buy some of our merchandise. So we have merchandise available on our website. It's the same merchandise we've always had available on our website. I'm surprised that didn't come up with an anniversary uh, special, you know, one-time mug for the for our fans, you know. Oh, well, too too little, too late. Um, but I mean, anyway. If there's anything about doing too little, it's this guy. That's right. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, we do, have, uh, we do have some merchandise available on our website website if you want to wear our face on your uh on your shirt or if you want to wear our face in your mug while you drink so also another way you can support us and probably the best way you can support us in fact it's the way that i think i prefer if you support us is that you share our podcast with your friends tell three friends or you know like subscribe ring bells do everything you can to bring you know to let people know that you're a fan of this podcast um the way i find out about podcasts that i listen to is word of mouth i don't really find out about podcasts through means like um you know being served ads and stuff like that i find out about podcasts because someone tells me a podcast is good and most of the time when one of my friends tells me my podcast is good i listen to that podcast there's plenty of podcasts that i've been told are good and are in my dedicated feed and if classic gaming brothers is that to you make sure to let someone know uh that you like our podcast and you want us to listen to it or you want you want to listen to it not you want us to listen to it that's we already listen i mean if you we need those we did those listens (laughs) i mean if you have a podcast that you want us to listen to let us know we'll be on it we will will help you out with being on episodes yeah, that's right. And, um, and you know, uh, that's those are the best ways to reach out to us, to contact us. I already said that. Those are the best ways to contact us, listen to us, and support us. And Great. as always, that's it. That's it. Happy birthday, Classic Gaming Brothers. Happy birthday, one and all. Seth, is there anything else you want to actually add? Don't play games like my brother. And don't play games like my brother. I've been Seth. And I've been Zach. And we've been the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. right. <laughs>